Okay, okay, okay. I literally am so obsessed with this story from my beautiful client, Eric. And I really wanted to bring this story to you because it blows my mind. Like, honestly, it's so crazy. I know I created the Accomplished Mind Method. I know how freaking powerful it is because I use it on myself every single day. I see my clients transforming. But there's not a day that goes by that I don't recognize how inspiring my clients are, right? Because they're so driven to move beyond the challenges that they're having and that they're experiencing with their ADHD. And it's such a beautiful journey to witness because honestly, the Accomplished Mind Method is like my life's work. It's what I have been working on, honestly, over for 21 years of my life. And I've taken it and put it all into a beautiful three-month program and the results that my clients get are just ah, absolutely insane so crazy and I wanted to bring Eric on to show you what is possible because he is a father he has kids he has a family he has literally all the things that are going on and for him everything was on fire before we started working together and in his journey and in his experience and everything that's shifted for him it honestly just makes me so emotional and it makes me want to cry because it's like I see so many people needlessly suffering from their symptoms of ADHD and it's such a reminder to me of why I do what I do because the challenges that you're having you don't need to be experiencing them anymore right and you're going to hear in this interview when I talk to Eric about what he's able to focus on now rather than worrying about the chaos that he was kind of caught in every day and now he has the ability to really think about like these amazing moves that he's going to make in his business right rather than worrying about how do I follow through on my schedule how do I stay up to date with all the things and it's honestly just such an inspiration. So before I introduce him to you, I just wanted to let you know, I have the doors open for the Accomplished Mind Method. And honestly, this program is changing the entire ADHD industry. It's changing an entire space on how we understand our symptoms, right? Because I fully believe that our ADHD symptoms are not unexplainable. It's not only from the dopamine receptors in the brain, right? That's the tiniest portion of what's actually going on. And when you understand through the Accomplished Mind Method and all of the things that I talk about is what I incorporate into that program, when you understand actually what's causing your symptoms, for example, like food, movement, lack of movement, lack of just really prioritizing yourself and really getting critical on what it is that you want to create for yourself, when you don't have those things aligned, it makes everything that you're experiencing a hundred times worse, right? And when you have everything dialed in, like what I talk about, like food, movement, nutrition, like really prioritizing yourself before you look at your business, right? Everything starts to fall into place. Then you can actually take a step back and say, okay, I have gotten all the basics down down and organized. I've moved through a lot of limiting beliefs. I've moved through a lot of time management and procrastination and all the things. Then you have the ability to point the finger at, okay, maybe there is a dopamine issue or whatever the science says in my brain, but I wholeheartedly believe that when you actually understand and you are very connected with yourself and you know how symptoms express themselves, you can navigate them in a really, really powerful way. And you have way more control over the experience that you're experiencing than we've been led to believe, right? So I just love this story so much from Eric because so much shifted for him. We work together one-on-one -on -one and honestly, it's just so beautiful. And yeah, it just, it, it literally leaves me speechless what he's experienced. So I wanted to share with you 
his journey, let you know that the doors are open for the Accomplish My Method and I invite you to um, enroll or apply. I'm going to leave the links down below here for you um, because I would love nothing more than to have you inside of that program to connect with us. And if you have any questions, feel free to send me um, a DM on Instagram. But I asked Eric to send me his bio and I'm going to read it word for word the way that he said it because he's just written it so freaking beautifully. And I just wanted to allow that expression to come through. So he's written, Eric was born and raised in the heart of California. He spent a lifetime working in the food industry for the past 17 years, and he's been helping great food processors create great food. If you've eaten a pizza recently, served a pouch of applesauce to your kids, spread some PB&J, it's likely it's come from a machine that we sell or service. I've helped numerous customers increase their level of success in the marketplace by improving the quality of foods that you eat by improving the quality of foods that you eat. On a personal note, I'm a dad of three beautiful children, two girls, a boy, and he's been married for almost 20 years. I'm working now on growing both my primary business and my personal life to support them in the future and so to support them and future generations. Anne-Marie has helped me grow past the current obstacles that ADHD was presenting and I now can execute at a much higher level on a daily basis. ADHD is no longer a hindrance. Through her and the other folks in the community, I've learned to focus on using the brain that I've been given as a source of strength instead of a victim or a slave to it. Oh my god, I have total goosebumps over that. And so yeah, I know you guys are going to absolutely love this interview because you just hear his energy and his passion coming through. So I'm so excited for you to listen in. Welcome to the ADHD Refresh Podcast. My name is Anne-Marie Espina and I am the leading mentor for business owners with ADHD. I have a lifetime of experience navigating ADHD and I've overcome all of my symptoms naturally without the help of doctors. I am absolutely obsessed with helping you discover the power of natural solutions to navigate your ADHD symptoms so that you can stop procrastinating and you can finally get shit done. So within this podcast, you will find the skills, tools, and strategies that have drastically transformed the lives and businesses of countless clients that I have worked with. My goal is to give you step-by-step guidance to show you how you can become a powerful CEO so that you can create the business that you've always been dreaming of. So if you're looking to level up your business and you're someone who wants it all in life, this podcast is for you. Okay, I am so freaking excited to have you on the podcast, Eric. I feel like your transformation has been so crazy, so big. And, you know, we were just talking about how I think so many people can resonate with you because you're a dad, you have a family, you have a business, you have so many moving parts that are happening. And yeah, I I just think so many people have so many things to relate to you on. So I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here too. Thanks. Yeah. So I want to talk about, you know, your journey and all the details and just sharing everything. So before we, I guess, dive into where you're at now, I want to talk about where you were in terms of like your life, your business, your ADHD symptoms um, before we started working together. So what did, I guess, a typical day look like for you before we started working together? Yeah. Uh, a typical day for me looked like everything was on fire. Um, it, it was really, really crazy. Um, a typical day for me, I get up with the kids and make breakfast, make lunches, do those kinds of things. I'm also the taxi driver. My wife works uh, and is out the house before I am. So uh, I've been tasked with um, 
carpool duty some days. So there's that whole routine that goes on in the mornings. And then after drop-offs, you know, it could be come back to the office and, and work in the office or uh, might need to go out and see customers in the field and do those kinds of activities, things like that. Um, and then come home and, and pick up kids, take up the dance or some other activity, make dinner, those kinds of things, and, and then put them to bed in the evening. So yeah, most days are pretty packed. And I did not have a lot of good tools for managing the time, putting systems in place to do things, get things out of my head, et cetera. And so I found myself lots of times being overwhelmed, um, being frustrated, um, thinking like I was never gonna get anything done, uh, trying to get a bunch of different projects done all at once, uh, those kinds of things. And yeah, it just was not working well for me. Yes. Okay. That's like literally such a great description. When you like started your work day, did you have an organized fashion on how you were moving through your day? What tasks you were prioritizing, all that kind of stuff? Uh, no, absolutely not. Everything was in my head. Um, it seemed at the time the best place for everything because I have honestly, I've tried every single planner on the market. Um, I've tried digital tools. I've tried paper tools. Um, right, right now behind me, I don't know if this is going to go up on video or not, but my desk is very cluttered right now. Um, but we'll get into that about, you know, it's okay for right now. And um, But in the past, that's been a real source of frustration for me is just having things around. So I'd lose the pieces of paper or I'd forget which uh, which calendar I was using on, on what day and stuff was just disorganized. So the best place for me was everything was stored in my head. But that's also a terrible place because my brain is like a bucket with holes in it. And so stuff is draining out of it while I'm trying to pour more stuff into it. <laughs> oh my God, that is like the funniest visual ever. <laughs> right. uh, honestly, and the amount of times that I've heard that, it's so crazy. And um, I've talked to other business owners that have ADHD as well. And they're like, oh yeah, I just remember everything. But like more often than not, I go to meetings on the wrong day. I know some people, right. they have two businesses and they're like, yeah, I, I was sitting at a meeting for one business, but it turns out it was for my other business on the wrong day with the wrong client. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> it gets to be a lot. And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that is, I think, honestly, such a great description of how everything was for you before we started working together. So I guess the question then becomes is like, how did you know that something needed to change for you? Um. So the, the easy answer is at, at the time you were all over Instagram and I was following some other ADHD pages and um, the stuff you were promoting and posting on there really resonated with me. Uh, a lot of stuff on that I was following didn't really resonate or it only resonated a little bit, but every single thing um, that you had posted really resonated with my current situation. The fact that I own a business. Um, in reality, uh, I treat my family as, as a subset or or as a business, right? It's an important part of my life. And therefore, uh, it's got all the same same things that a business does. We, uh, we've got a time schedule. We have logistics. We've got, you know, pickups and drop-offs, you know, shipping, receiving, what, you know, you can, you can label it what you want, but it's <laughs> like a business. Um, shipping and receiving. I love that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so the, the reality is like, okay, 
some people may run two or three for-profit businesses, but I'm running not only a for-profit business, but I've got two or three other businesses that aren't for profit, but are being run the same way. And so, you know, the multiple business aspect of things really resonated with me. And, and how do I organize my time? How do I organize my brain? How do I get stuff out of my head to run all of these multiple faceted complex situations in a way that I'm not going crazy every single day? Yeah, I, I totally resonate with that. I remember when I saw you and we very first started working together, it was like this, everything was a sense of urgency. And I totally connected with that because that's where I used to be. It was like, everything was on fire. It all had to be done and it had to be done right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So yeah, I want to know kind of like, we started working together. We got on a call. You're like, okay, cool. I need this. We started working together and I feel like things started happening for you at a really rapid rate. And almost sometimes there was things happening and you didn't even realize they were shifting. Yeah. For you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So during our time together, I guess, like what were some of the like big things that you are really proud of yourself for, or that you took away? Yeah. So um, let's see. I think, I think the biggest, biggest things for me were, and I'll, I'll start with a preface and that is I came into this, wanting to learn a new set of tactics, a new set of skills, right? That my brain had been programmed to think that I had a time management problem or I had a processing problem, right? It was all in terms of a problem. And what I've realized on a like grand scale is I've got this thing called ADHD and I can treat it like a problem, but it's really not. I can actually treat it like a superpower. But I got to learn to harness that superpower in a way that doesn't, you know, blow up in my face. So that's that's really one of the big things that I've learned through through the process is I don't really consider what I have a problem. It's just a way my brain organizes things, how I respond to things, et cetera. So one of the big things for me early on was I didn't understand your process. That's OK. I had the openness to at least walk down the path with you. And uh, so. <laughs> You totally thought I was absolutely crazy in the beginning. You're like, this isn't making sense. I was like, just trust me. <laughs> yeah. And now it totally makes sense. So anybody on the fence, right. That like thinks that you're totally nuts. There is a reason to the madness and, and it's a good reason. It's a good reason. <laughs> yes. 100%. Yeah. So, so big things on for me, uh, the, the medicine of food module. Right. And I had never connected my internal feelings with the things that I was eating. That awareness for me was huge early on. And so now I recognize, okay, I need to stay away from certain things. And I actually just um, was on a 90 day, uh, it's now over a hundred day journey with um, a church group of mine doing some disciplines, including um, intermittent fasting and some other things that you talk about in MOF, right? And so I've really learned to listen to my body in a deep way when it comes to consuming certain foods. Uh, for me, big triggers, sugar, uh, another big trigger, caffeine. And it's not so much on the front end, meaning if I eat sugar, I will respond a certain way. It's how I'm already feeling. So if I'm feeling disorganized, if I'm already feeling out of place, if I am in an unpleasant situation, 
and then ingest those things, I know things are going to get a lot worse. So I need to be very cognizant of like when I wake up in the morning, where am I before I turn on the coffee maker? Because the coffee maker might not be my best friend in the morning. Same, same thing with like, okay, if I eat dessert in the evening, how is, how is that going to, you know, am I feeling in a space where if I eat this dessert, it's going to be okay? Or is it going to just, you know, cause me to fly off the handle at some point in the near future? So being aware of those things has been huge. That is honestly, like, it just, I just felt it in my heart because honestly, I really wish everybody knew how food impacted them because then the best part is that you're not wondering why you're having these mood swings or you're not wondering why you feel scattered or you're not wondering why you're experiencing things. So then you come to this place where exactly it's the most empowered decision you get to decide okay, am I going to have this right now? Or am I going to save it for, you know, the weekend or whatever, when you don't have to work later, or maybe, you know, if you're already in an irritable space, or you're already not really feeling really grounded, you have the ability to choose, am I going to have this? Because I know what's going to happen. And exactly, you're right. It might not happen within five minutes of when you eat it, it might happen even the next day. So then that's why people think that these things are a mystery, right? Right. Oh, that is so cool. And the really cool thing too, is that this keeps evolving, right? I, that's one of the things that I've been saying lately in my content is it's so cool because I keep like AMM is like my life. It's like my bread and butter. It's like what I wake up, eat, sleep and breathe every single day. Right, right? right? And as you can see, you learn the foundations and you're still continuing to evolve. So it's like, you get more connected with yourself. You know yourself deeper, which means in time, you just are moving through things more resilient because you know yourself so deeply. Right, right. So freaking cool. Okay, so early on, we did the food module. Um, We also went through some other aspects, which I know you had some big wins on, movement and sleep. Yep. Um, What were some of your big takeaways in terms of like movement and sleep that you had for yourself in in terms of like your focus and productivity and uh, mental clarity to be able to make decisions? Yeah. So um, movement's always been a big part of my life. I love going to the gym. I love working out hard, et cetera. Um, But I think the thing that really, and I think you posted this not too long ago, was something about going on a walk, which I haven't done in a while, quite honestly. And so I I recognize that right away with uh, with that reminder. It's always good to have a reminder every once in a while. Um, But really going on those walks, um, when we were working together was a huge part of kind of breaking some of these things open that I felt stuck in for a long time. Uh, so simply just going out and observing what was going on around me. And, and then, you know, it, it really became a point of meditation for me where I could just be in in space and, and just kind of meditating on what, what the next right thing I needed to do was. So there was a lot of clarity that that burst forth from simply going on a walk for 20 minutes. Yeah. I, it's so crazy. The amount of like good ideas that I've had for content or just anything like being out on a walk. And I think that in our society, we're so conditioned that we're only productive when we're sitting down on our computer, but it's like the way that we move about our days is like, you can have something happen or idea come to you when you're just playing with your kids or something like that. And we need to look at it as such of like, when we're resting is some of our most productive time. Right, right. Yeah. So I want to talk about some things that 
a lot of people with ADHD struggle with, and I know things that you used to struggle with as well. What were some things in terms of how you were moving through your business that felt like really difficult, impossible tasks to get done before we started working together? Um, so the big, the big thing for me was this overwhelming sense of urgency, like you mentioned before, um, that you could sense that within me when when we first started working together. Um, this everything is on fire mentality that I had. And um, I think some of the biggest takeaways were, for me, re reorienting myself around, it's okay to get done what needs to be done today and plan for tomorrow and the next day with a mindfulness around it, not trying to get everything done. Um, it doesn't mean you don't hustle. It doesn't mean you slow down necessarily, but it's just a different uh, different time frame. In fact, I was talking to um, some of the other folks in, in the program. We've kind of done this little offshoot thing and we're getting together and talking. And um, I mentioned in there today, this idea of uh, right now out in California, all the wildflowers are blooming. It's it's like amazing out here right now. Um, and I've realized that when everything's on fire, when I'm trying to do everything all at once, I'm really like that wildflower that is trying to be in bloom mode all the time. But the wildflowers are only in bloom for like three or four days out of the year. If you don't see it, you miss it. And they spend the rest of the winter, the summer, whatnot, just growing roots collecting minerals, absorbing the sunshine, and then they get ready to burst forth. And that's really like where my mind's been the last couple of days is, all right, all the stuff that we don't see, all the back end stuff, that's really what takes up the most time. And if I'm always in bloom mode, if I'm always trying to produce something that's showing off, it's not a good spot to be in because it was just, it was chaos all the time. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And there's another thing that you touched on there is I love how much you guys are connecting behind the scenes. I always tell people like coaching, I know you and I work together one-on-one, -on -one, but you have access to the, to the community. And it's so important wow. because when you're on the same path with people, you know, I've met some of my best friends in group coaching programs and holding each other right, accountable, right. like long-term is just so amazing. Um, so I'm excited yeah. about that, but yeah, really being mindful about the tasks that you're doing because it's exactly like professional sports, right? Professional athletes are not operating at hundred percent all the time. They're right. getting prepared to, you know, really move forward at specific times. So it's really embracing like the ebbs and flows and knowing that not every single day is going to be at hundred percent capacity. <laughs> That's okay. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so what were some of the tasks that you also found yourself procrastinating on? Hmm. All right. So I guess I, I wasn't quite done with the previous one, but I can tie it into the procrastination yeah. thing. Awesome. And that has to do with like, for me, one of the big, big things that you and I worked on long-term over our one-on-one -on -one sessions was really organizing my calendar and putting pr that process in place so it made sense for me either on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And it wasn't that I was necessarily procrastinating on the things, I just didn't know how to fit those things into my day. And so by appropriately building out the calendar and being mindful about the tasks that are actually important, the things that drive the business forward, those things go on the calendar, they become the priority. 
And then all of the other things get filtered in around them. So right now I'm working on a really gigantic long-term project. I could sit here at my desk and work on it for eight hours a day. But the reality is that would mean I take all the other stuff off my plate and that's not a reality. So by being able to very clearly see, okay, I have X number of hours set aside for these important tasks. And then the other hours get filtered in with this longer term project. And a couple of big things for me is that's helped me be able to say, I can't get to this next thing for whatever it is, two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, whatever it might be, because I already see in real time what my calendar looks like. And it's pretty easy for me to say, oh, I'm not going to get to that for a while. And, and you know, so I've gone from saying yes to everything, meaning I have zero boundaries because I don't know what's going on in my life to having some some actual boundaries in my life, which is really comforting. Oh, honestly, I remember those weeks when we were going through it and it was so uncomfortable in the moment when it was happening and I could feel it for you because you were like, I just want to make everybody happy. I want to help everybody because you have this beautiful heart and you do want to help everybody and you were sacrificing yourself and your own peace of mind to really get quick, quick timelines and returns. And I am so excited to hear that you're still implementing all of this stuff in terms of, um, you know, setting boundaries for yourself about what you can help people with and being realistic. And for you, I remember we were working a lot through timing, like where is time going? Where, how long do things actually take you? And so you created yeah. this awareness in your schedule of, I can do this task at this time. Cause I know that everything else is going to take me approximately this long. Right. Right. Which is so, so cool. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess. Okay. Um, what were some of like the other big wins that I guess we kind of had like near the middle chunks when we were moving through a lot of the procrastination and the executive yeah. function and things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like for me, it's really easy for me to procrastinate on um, uh, what's what's it called? Uh, Stephen Covey, the the important, important non-urgent quadrant two, right? And even right now, I'm going to be very honest, I've not been doing a lot of quadrant two important non-urgent work. I've been doing a lot of quadrant run important urgent stuff. And so I'm sitting here talking to you about all the work we've done and I'm realizing like I've slid backwards some. So it's okay. Part part of this journey is that we're not perfect and we learn something from it. So um, and it's, it's a joy to be on here because it's helping me to recognize, okay, like I've got some more work to do and I can clean, clean up my, uh, my schedule a little bit better. And then the other reality is I'm really good at procrastinating on the non-urgent items again, because I want to be helpful to other people. The challenge for me is that that becomes very self-abandoning. You just hit on it really clearly. That's like, I I self-abandoned my own goals and my own priorities to serve other people, which in the end doesn't serve me very well. So one of the things that I've been working on in this longer term project is how to uh, onboard somebody who can provide some additional assistance to me, like an, administ- an administrative assistant slash, I don't know, it, it's something a little bit beyond just standard administrative tasks, but how do I onboard somebody that can truly help drive the, drive the machine forward? Somebody that can help me organize my own calendar, organize my own day, um, 
because I'll procrastinate on that kind of stuff, even though it's super important because I'm trying to get all this other stuff done and out to people. So um, that's been one of the big takeaways is I don't have to do this all myself. I don't necessarily know what that looks like, but at least the, what I'm working on right now is as I go through a stack of emails, it's like, okay, how do I record a video so that the next person can do the tasks that I want them to do? What is it that's important in this that I want them to draw out of it? And so I'm kind of organizing as I go through those, the things I have to do right now, also thinking about, okay, how do I hand this off to somebody else and move myself over into that important non-urgent category and really work on the things that are important, you know, brand strategy or, you know, growing the business, whatever that looks like in a longer time horizon, as opposed to the next 24 hours. Totally. And I think it's so cool, right? Because now you're in this place where I remember when we first started working together, your goal was to hire an assistant, but you were like, I don't know what I'm going to give her. Right. Because uh, in that moment, you weren't quite sure on what you needed support with. You weren't sure how to manage your time. You weren't sure what you even needed to offload or how you wanted things to look. Exactly. And now it's like, you know, we don't need to be good at everything. And when we find the things that are like, okay, cool. These are the basics. This is, I know how to do it myself. How can you take this, run with it and make it even better? Because right. that's not where you want to be. That's not where your time is best suited. Right. And your time is best suited on the bigger vision things and um, working on, you know, the non- urgent, important things are your legacy work. Like what is the legacy that you want to create for yourself, for your business? Yeah. And that is the stuff that you need to be working on. And yeah. so it's so cool. Cause I like how you bring up the point too, like that we're ever evolving and right. old patterns come back because it's comfortable to our ego. Right. Right. And I, that's why I think this work is like so important. And when you stay in it and you stay curious, like now, you know, oh, okay. I slipped it into my old pattern. Sometimes it happens to me even for like two or three months. And then I'm like, okay, I got to get back on track. Right, and you right. know how to get yourself back on track. Exactly. Yeah. So what would you say in terms of like moving yourself through tasks that you don't necessarily like doing, right? Because I think that when you mentioned before, you had tried everything, nothing mm -hmm. seemed to work for you, right? Yeah. And we've kind of gone back to like a digital calendar and being more organized in that sense. So I would love to know, like for you, what was your insight about using tools and how to support yourself in the process of essentially executing on it? Yeah. So there, there are certain things that I don't like to do that I am actually really good at, and that's okay. Um, I, used, I used to think that if I was good at something, I needed to do it, and that's not the reality, is I can actually teach somebody else how to do it. Or because I am good at it, I, like I said before, I can hand this thing off to somebody, um, and I, I know what the solution needs to look like. So I can tell pretty quickly if it's been done right or not been done right. Um, so that that part's been been really really big for me. Um, I still like the um, the combination of a tactile piece of paper and then putting that into a digital calendar, uh, or the ver reverse of that, which is you know put things into a digital thing and then print it out. So I have a piece of paper that I can look at. So I, I like the both and approach. It works for me. Um, one of the things that I have done recently, is this going to go up on, on video or are you just doing an audio? 
I think I'm just doing audio, but I will save the video. I might do video later. <laughs> okay, cool. So anyway, I'm going to show this for anybody that sees this on video. So I found this piece of paper here. And so what it actually does is it's blurred out. All of, is it blurred out? Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, all there right. we go. Okay. So all of the different roles that I have as a human being on this side. And then it's got the rest of the week lined out. And so I can prioritize where I am in all of my different roles. And so it's actually gone one step beyond what you and I worked on. Wow. It was like one singular thing. Now I've been able to break this out into multiple facets of my life and drop things into my calendar now and say, these are the priorities that I want to nail this week, which has been huge. And it's all done on a piece of paper. So that is crazy. drop it into the digital calendar and, and move things around. But at the beginning of the week, I put things in where I think they might go and say, okay, this task for my family is going to take two hours this week. Okay. Where's the two hours going to come from? Boom. There's a time slot right here. And then again, everything else gets filtered out around that, but it keeps me very oriented on the, the important and non-urgent things day after day, week after week. So, you know, again, it's kind of one of those boundary things where, all right, am I sliding back into the everything's on fire. Okay, go back to that list. What are the things I actually need to execute on this week? If you are somebody and you want to increase your ability to focus, it's not just about sitting at your desk for eight to 12 hours a day, getting as much work done as you can, working on one task at a time. Well, yes, that's the tiniest fraction about what focus is. Focus is actually a lifestyle. And when you understand the greater picture of how focus comes into play, through all of the actions that you're taking throughout your day, it really allows you to change your relationship with focus, right? Because when you sit at your desk, it is just a reflection of everything else that's happening in your life. And I wanted to invite you into my amazing freaking masterclass called High Performance Focus. And honestly, it is a free masterclass that is going to change your life and it's going to change your perspective on focus because it's honestly all of my life's work taken and put into one masterclass that is just going to change the entire game for you. So I do not hold back in this masterclass. I give you everything that is totally up to date, exactly where I am right now. And it's just going to totally change the game for you. So make sure that you click the link down in the show notes here and download that one for free. Oh my God. Okay. So uh, first of all, I just want to say that's so exciting because you've just taken whatever we did and you've just like executive functioned your life next level. And it's crazy because- right? I remember when you came to me and we started working through this. For those of you who don't know, Stephen Cubby has this quadrant thing. And it's like, you know, you put in your urgent, non-urgent, important, I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. And we were kind of looking at that and we were talking about it. And you're like, this doesn't work for me. And I was like, okay, well, let's talk about why it's not working. Right. And so it's so interesting that the old version of you, like literally crumbled at the thought of that. And now yeah. this version of you, you're just like, you've taken it and you've like even made it higher level executive function and you're just right. like driving with it yeah, yeah. so what was the switch <laughs> it's the same tool but you've even actually made it more detail orientated like it's just uh, everything like yeah what's the switch how's the difference so, all right so i think the i think it was kind of a gradual switch right that once i got out of my head that everything was on fire once i had worked with you long enough to see that the method works then I felt comfortable in exploring that a little bit deeper, right? And then what happened was we built out this quadrant that included 
family issues. It included financial issues. It included business issues. It included all of these different things. And I could not wrap my head around how I was going to execute on this quadrant, let's say. It was too, it was too grandiose. And so doing a little more reading, found this chart. And it's like, okay, I can break all of this grandiose stuff down even farther and still execute in that important, not urgent, but in an organized way. And again, it doesn't have to be all at once. It's like, okay, I'm going to think five years out. I'm going to think 10 years out. In fact, when I was out in Kansas City, a buddy of mine introduced me to this awesome book called Family Wealth. And it literally talks about some great families like the Rothschilds and some other famous names that we all know, how they per, how they managed their family a hundred years into the future. And that really hit me like, okay, you and I talked about my next generation, my three kids, what does that look like? And so after seeing that book and reading some of the stuff in there, it's like, okay, important, not urgent. It's like this little small subset. And now it's like, I'm not thinking just a year in advance, I'm thinking, okay, how do I put this into play? Like it suggests not only for my kids, but my grandkids, my great grandkids, like how far out can we push this and, you know, build out from there. So that's been really huge. I love, 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 love that so much. For the people listening, give some examples of what your important non-urgent stuff is. Um, all right, let me see. Oh, do I have the list next to me? Um, I don't. So I'll uh, come up with it off the top of my head. So like one of my roles is a father. And what does that look like? What do I actually want to teach my children over the long term, right? What are the goals? What are the values? What are those things that I want to teach them over the long term? Big one right now is when we make a commitment, we stick to the commitment. So right now my daughters are involved in dance and every once in a while they don't want to go to dance. Uh, but we've made the commitment. We paid the money. We bought the costumes, you know, all that stuff. So in the short term, as a dad, I drive them to and from dance class. But in the long term, what I'm teaching them is, okay, we made this commitment. We're going to stick to this commitment. And so in that role that I have as father, what am I doing this week? Okay, I'm driving them to dance class. What are we going to talk about? What are we, what does that look like? Um, from a financial situation, I've also got, you know, one of my roles is, you know, I'm pretty decent at investing. So I want to teach my kids how to be good investors. My wife wants to get better with me, right? So what does that actually look like as a role of an investor? And what am I looking at right now? Setting up an LLC, hiring a financial advisor, because I can't do every freaking thing myself. Yeah. Like all of these different things that go into what does investing look like? What types of things are we going to invest in as a family? That's a big conversation to have because I've got my own ideas. Everybody else has their ideas. And so gathering the family together and talking about those things. But again, that stuff takes time. Where do I fit it into my schedule? It's not mm -hmm. urgent. I could shove it off, but it's actually really, really important. And so I want it in my calendar, right? And then again, you know, so whatever roles I have, business owner, entrepreneur, and um, make this a little bit longer format. I'm going to break this open. One of the things I learned recently on another podcast was as a, as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur, you might have to do all of the things. And what does that actually look like? Well, all right, I'm the marketing director. How would the marketing director talk to the sales director? How would the sales director 
talk to the talk to the order fulfillment people, shipping and receiving, all of these different functions. Now, I might be all five of those things because I'm a sole proprietor. But I need to be thinking about, okay, I'm gonna, I don't want to be a little podunk sole proprietor. I want to have a massive business that makes a massive impact. So thinking about these things in terms of a team, I might be doing them all right now, but how do I build a team out around all of those different things, right? So those all go on the list. What am I doing today to drive the thing forward to the to the next level? Yes. Oh my God. Like this is just the perfect example of what I've been talking about lately, right? When you get out of dealing with the menial things, oh, how do I follow through on my schedule? Where is my time going? Everything is on fire. When we get that garbage like out of the way, honestly, now you're looking at like you're making bold moves. You're making big moves. You're having big fucking conversations. And like that is what happens when you get out of your own way. You get out of your own shit that the ADHD is causing for you. Like this is insane, massive legacy type stuff that you're dealing with. And as you were speaking, I honestly just have like so many goosebumps because the version of you that I'm seeing here right now is so cool, so calm, collected. You're like this really embodied, like beautiful masculine figure and father figure and like badass business owner, badass CEO that like, it's just, a, it's just like night and day. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, Do you yeah, feel yeah. like that? For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. It's, it's really been massive. In fact, I was thinking about this, you know, before we jumped on the call was just, you know, where, where have I been and where am I now? And what do I see in the future? And when I first came to you, my future looked really, really bleak, quite honestly, because I couldn't see the forest for the trees and the forest looked like it was on fire. Right. And I was in the middle of this giant conflagration of burning forest around me and it's burned itself out. Like you said, I like, you clean up the trash, you get rid of all that stuff. And all of a sudden you can see the forest again. And, (laughs) and one step beyond that, right now I can detach myself. I can still be in the forest, but I can detach myself and say, okay, what does this look like above the trees? What does the landscape look like above the trees? And that's been huge. Like it's so refreshing to be in that space again. Oh, it honestly is just so crazy. Like, I'm just like, honestly lost for words because that is it. Now you can focus on building your dreams, teaching your kids the stuff that you really want to teach them, building this amazing life and legacy for your family. And like, yeah, you're just not getting caught in the weeds. And when you do, you know how to pull yourself out of it. You know how to get yourself back on track. Right. And I think that, Um, I want to touch on emotional resilience because I don't think you realize how emotionally resilient you've become since we started working together. Right. So how are you supporting yourself through, let's say the example of feeling like everything is on fire? How do you get yourself back on track? Dude, I have a freaking awesome story. Like this is, this is unbelievable. Like, all right. So I, I said, um, earlier, I spent a week in, in the Midwest, uh, with some friends of mine and, it was a really beautiful experience. And uh, the people I, I worked, uh, spent some time with, they own multiple businesses. He's an entrepreneur, um, done really well. And I just really like how he has gone about his business. And 
I had the opportunity to take my oldest daughter out there. She wanted to go to the Midwest and do some stuff. So we, we looped a business trip into a personal trip and that was freaking amazing. Um, but I saw a vision of a business that was serene. I saw a vision of a business that was self-supporting. I saw some things that I don't currently have yet that I really, really want. Mm. What I also realized is I still live with a sense of chaos around me and I'm not there yet. And that really hit me hard when I got back home was how chaotic my life really is. And that's okay. Like I spent a couple of days grieving. I spent a couple of days kind of mired in the unpleasant soup of emotions, um, recognizing that my life didn't look like the life I actually want for myself. And I've re realized that those unpleasant feelings teach us something because in my previous version of myself, I would try and hide unpleasant feelings, right? I would, I would eat, I would drink, I would act out in other ways that aren't healthy because I was unwilling to feel those unpleasant emotions. And now working with you, recognizing that unpleasant emotions actually teach us something, sitting in it for a couple of days, I was able to come out of it. And now I'm like, okay, life isn't great on my side and that's okay. I want things to be different, but they're not different right now. What do I have the power and the control over to work towards what I see in the future as serene, as something I really want for myself and want for my family. And that, and now it's like, okay, I'm sitting here with you and I've got like a smile on my face and I'm feeling very comfortable because I've experienced them, those unpleasant emotions in a real way. I haven't tried to hide behind them. Or yes. Them. Yeah. And what you, um, that person that you met, we call that an expander, somebody who triggers you and somebody who makes you look inward and be like, oh, like that person just showed you what was possible for you. Yeah, right? exactly. And to think about the different versions of ourselves that we need to become to create that or that we get to choose to be right. So now all of this work that you've done together now, again, you have the capacity to go even further in being calm, right. you have the capacity to really hone in on what is really important to me and how am I maximizing my time? And you know how to, you know, for me in my mind, like as I go through my own evolution, right? It's like elite, like I'm at the level where it's like elite performance now. It's not like just mm -hmm. trying to make it out of the weeds. It's like, cool, we got to a place where we're baseline and now it's like elite type shit that we're moving towards. Right. Is that right. what I'm hearing? is kind of like what you have been expanded in as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like I, I really have this, I've, I've had the vision for my primary business, you know, that the, the for-profit business of um, how, how do we, how do I 10 X that business? And that's kind of, I already know it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I already know that part's going to happen. And so now I'm already like, you know, you, you talk about it a lot in, in the modules about, you know, what, what's that next version, right? CEO 2.0. Okay. What's CEO 3.0? What's 5.0, right? Because <laughs> yes. CEO 2.0 is like 10X the business, right? Now, uh -huh. now I'm even thinking, okay, what's a hundred times look like? I know the 10 times is possible. And so, because I already know it's possible. All right. I'm already thinking beyond that because I already know I'm going to get here. 
Yeah. Oh my God. And I'm so glad that you brought that up. Right. Because I always like say on my stories or something like that, I'll be like, I'm on Anne-Marie 5.0, you know, <laughs> like right, right. we got to keep evolving and we got to keep growing. And it's so cool because once you get to one baseline, then you're like, okay, cool. You know, it's really allowing ourselves to enjoy the experience of what we created, who we are, who we're being. And then also while stretching ourselves into that next level of like, okay, cool. This is, I've done a level of self-mastery. Now let's go to the next level and the next level and the next level. Right, right. So yeah, I guess like out of curiosity, what is the more specific details of what you want things to look like or how you've been expanded? Um, ooh. Can you phrase that a different way? How, I guess, what what's like the next version of yourself that you're working towards? Because you said that you you overcame a lot of chaos and then you were expanded and you still realize that you have a little bit of chaos that you're working through. Like what is the ideal scenario that you're moving and evolving? Yeah. So in, in our business, I am, like I said, I've got a lot of skill sets and I'm really good at a lot of different things, which means that I ended up taking responsibility for a lot of different facets of our business. And what I'm recognizing is I don't I don't need to be that person anymore that takes responsibility. I can take responsibility for it, but I don't have to be the person who does it. And yeah. that's that's the big expander, right? So I spent this week with this guy who owns several businesses. Not once did the phone ring that with like the outhouses burning down, you need to come into the office right now. Never got a call like that. I want that. That's nice. <laughs> like he's built himself a company and multiple companies where people can get their shit done without having to call him, without uh, having to intervene. Now, every once in a while, does he go into the office to make sure that everything is in working order to like grease the cogs and, you know, give people pats on the back and whatever? Absolutely. That's his level of involvement. And that's, freaking awesome right because there <laughs> are people just like me who have the same skill sets that i do i'm not unique i am not the only one in the world that has a skill set but i now know that i have the ability to train people the ability to know what good work looks like and all this stuff so i take all of the quote-unquote garbage from earlier right now i get to use that and it makes me that much more powerful because i've chosen to take these things on get good at those things and now I can hand them off to somebody else, right? Where I see other people that don't have all the skill sets I have. I'm I'm freaking beyond them, right? I don't like I've already won the game because I know what my skill sets are. I know that I'm good at it and I know what good work looks like. And so, you know, now it's just for me, okay, building out the process, finding the right people, putting them in the right spots, and let's get to work. Yeah. Oh my God. That is so exciting. And honestly, this is so cool because you have this level of awareness now and when these people trigger you it's honestly just the universe showing you what's possible for you and when we get triggered by these things like you experienced in yeah. that moment when we get triggered by those things it's for us to go inward and say okay what why is it triggering me mm -hmm. again holding the uncomfortable emotion and then moving through it and being like okay cool if that is what i desire how can i reverse engineer and start moving myself closer to that Exactly. That is yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. Like what a great opportunity and for yourself, for your business, for everything. And it just sounds like I love this so much. You're really thinking about massive things now. 
the tiny menial things like are out of the way. They're like the simple things that are out of the way that you're not worrying about anymore. So that, yeah, you have the capacity to think about how am I going to build my business so that I don't have to work in it anymore. Like that's a big conversation. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, that makes me honestly just like so happy. And it's just so crazy how far you've come. What, like, what is the thing that you're most proud of on your journey from where you used to be to like where you are now? I think the thing that I'm most proud of is the fact that I can claim to, to have ADHD and I'm, I'm also on the spectrum. Um, and, and so those two things combined, you know, I grew, I grew up in a world where to hear people talk about ADHD, to hear people talk about autism, there was something wrong with the human being, right? And there's nothing wrong with me. I just approach things differently. And so one of the things I'm really proud of is one, I've never taken me- medication, right? And that's that's no slight on you at all, Anne-Marie. Um, I'm just really proud of the fact that like, I've made it this far in life without medication, but I was getting to the point, like when I first showed up, there was like, I think I might need to take something because my life is wildly out of control and I don't know how to manage my life. It was just wildly unmanageable, right? And so I am super grateful that you came along at the time that you did and you've gone through that journey and you're like, no, 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 meditation sucks. I'm like, yeah, I really don't want to be on it either, right? Like, that's not the path I want to go down. And you're like, yes, I did like, Yes, it's not a great path, right? <laughs> like, I don't like it. So being able to like hear your story of coming out of it and learning how to deal with ADHD and the symptoms without needing the drugs was huge, right? And so I'm really proud of myself for being able to at least be open enough to listen to your suggestions, do what you did, uh, do what you told me to do. Um, because now it's like, I'm like you, it's like, yeah, these feelings come up. Oh, I recognize like ADHD manifesting today. I'm feeling extremely overwhelmed. Okay. What does that look like? Like, what do I need to do to manage the overwhelmed feelings? Oh, maybe I need to go meditate a little bit more. Maybe I just need to freaking pause because if I take action with this wild soup of emotions that are surrounding me, I'm going to probably make a bad decision right now. So I just need to pause and, and take the action of doing nothing until I calm the frick down. Right? Yes. Um, yes. Somebody taught yes. me the other day, like sometimes you can't get up walk and somebody your day is like, I've got the ADHD. And I, I was cracking up because when he said it, it's like, I've done this for years is if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I can't get out of a situation. I'll just sit there and I'll just like, wiggling, like, like a, like a crazy person, just because that's what I do to like release whatever thing I'm feeling in the moment. Um, other things I'm proud of, like you said, executive function tasks. I thought I was terrible at executive functioning. I'm actually probably pretty good at it if I get out of the weeds, right? <laughs> yes. That space where everything is on fire. I'm actually pretty decent at time management. I'm actually pretty decent at writing things down. It's just like I had so many things stacked on top of each other. And I recognize like I've gotten, I've kind of backslid into that too. And it's like, okay, I need to clear, clean some stuff up around here. Uh, things have gotten a little messy, but yeah, everything was stacked on top of each other mentally and truly physically uh, around me, my desk, et cetera, that I just didn't know how to operate. I couldn't operate in the chaos. So mm-hmm. yeah, I've learned that like, if I can re reorganize and give myself some space, then I kind of actually am pretty decent at some of these tasks. 
And that's wild, right? Exactly. (laughs) Like if you told old you, hey, dude, you're actually really good at executive function, old you would have literally laughed in your face. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Would have gotten mad and like punched me. (laughs) Like actually, (laughs) which is so funny. Like you're amazing at executive function. You're just, it's crazy. And all of that comes back down to, you know, you showed up for yourself. I- merely tell people all the time is like, you get the results. I honestly just like showed you the path and you went and did it and you keep implementing it over and over and over again. And the level of emotional resilience that you have, like, I just have so many goosebumps, like this whole conversation because your story is so powerful. And that's why I really wanted to share it with so many people because it's night and day who you are, the way that you operate is night and day. You have the ability to think about your big fuck off visions that you want to create for yourself. And it's just so inspiring. It's so, so, so inspiring. And I know that you continue to show up and do personal development for yourself all the time. And you're continuously involved in communities and surrounding yourself with people who, um, you know, push you to be a better version of yourself. And that is truly what success is and showing up for your family in a way of, you evolving yourself because, you know, you and your um, wife are the leaders of the household and just your, your kids watching you go through this evolution and being able to support them on the things that are important to them is probably just like in the long run, just going to be so meaningful for them. Yeah. yeah. So cool. So, so, so cool. So is there anything else that you want to, I guess, share um, before we start closing up this episode? Yeah, I think that like, so you mentioned something about like leading the family and kids and stuff like that. So I I am seeing now my kids are um, nine, four and six. Um, So two of them just had birthdays Uh, yesterday and today, two of them had birthdays. So um, like I I am seeing the, and my nine-year-old's already been diagnosed with ADHD and I can see some similar patterns in my six-year-old and the interesting thing is it's not manifesting it. The, the, it, it some of it's the same and some of it's different because the two, the two uh, nine and six year old are girls. And so it's manifesting slightly differently. And it's interesting. I noticed two One is there are certain family members that think ADHD is we're just this stuff up. Um, but I recognize it in myself now. And so that's been huge for me is to, you know, I went undiagnosed for fears. And so to see that in myself and then be able to respond to, oh, I'm seeing through their eyes something I experienced when I was nine or 10 years old, because now I have a set of tools that I can then pass on them. And I can also figure out what resources they actually need to get better. So like the big thing right now, my nine-year-old is terrible. She is awful at spelling. And that's not, I'm not harassing her about being terrible at spelling what i'm seeing though is my adhd manifested itself in terms of audio input to writing something down i am not good at that she is an excellent reader so she listens to a word or reads a word that input she's really good at it's transferring it onto the written page that she and it's like oh she's going to have trouble with this 10 15 20 years from now just like i did and that's okay, but we also now know, and so I can pass on or I can work with the school system, get the tools she needs right, to be successful in what she's working on. And that's huge for me because like I was growing up in, 
I don't know, crazy land. Like, why am I bad at this? I don't know. So that, that's all like been huge for me is that recognition, that awareness, being able to um, not get caught up in my own, my own stuff and be able to like serve the, serve my family. Wow. 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 Like there's nothing to even describe that because it is when we really work on ourselves, we're creating generational change. We're breaking mm -hmm. old patterns that maybe prevented us from showing up in the way that we need to. And this is kind of one of the things that I've realized lately and I've been talking about is when you're caught up in all this other stuff and you're caught up in your own way with your ADHD symptoms, it's preventing you from being who you truly are. And mm -hmm. now you can be this amazing support system for your family because you have the capacity and the energy to put onto them rather than you being caught in your own way, right? Right. Wow. Oh my God. This has been so amazing. And I get so inspired by hearing your story. It honestly just gets me so jazzed. And I'm just so grateful to have the opportunity to work with you and to be on your journey to hearing your story and all the amazing goodness. So I'm so grateful for having you on. And is there anything that you would say to somebody who's maybe on the fence about joining either AMM group or working together with me one-on-one? -on -one? Yeah. So I, I, I also need to say, I, I am grateful. Um, it's not often I, uh, I, I tease my wife. She's on Instagram a lot more than I am. And I tease her all the time about the stuff that she buys off of Instagram. Uh, I, I'm going to be very honest. And I, I, have used other business coaching programs in the past. You know, this is not, uh, um, you're not the first rodeo. And so I was very skeptical uh, because a lot of the coaching programs out there are complete fabrications, they're garbage. And I was very skeptical. I was like, okay, this might just be another learning experience, right? That and Anne Marie's just blowing smoke. Um, I am super grateful that that's not the case. So I'll put that out there if anybody's on the fence, like Anne Marie's for real. Um, I, I, I really came into this very skeptical and I am a believer, right? That like this stuff freaking works. Your method works. It might be a little crazy. It might not make sense at the beginning, but <laughs> it works, right? Like there is a method to the madness. Now, now at the back end, I see that. Um, trust so, the process. <laughs> exactly. Trust the process. Um, even if you think it's totally wild and nuts. Um, so I, I'm really grateful. Like, you know what you're talking about. Uh, you were, you've been very very helpful, very kind, very generous. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, mm -hmm. I did the one, I did the one-on-one -on -one thing and yeah, it, I, I can totally see the, it, it was worth, it was worth the price of admission. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Oh, so good. I'm so proud of you, Eric. And I'm just so grateful for you coming on and sharing your story. Um, I'm going to leave your details in the show notes here. So how can people find you? How can they reach out um, and work with you as well? All right. So um, I don't know how how often I'm going to be on Instagram. Uh, I mentioned it earlier about uh, taking some time off. And so one of the things that I uh, have put in the kind of deletes category is Instagram. I do have an account. It's at deacon.eric. Um, so you can find me there. I am more active on LinkedIn. Um, I think it's at Eric Hoagland. Uh, I'll, it, we'll make it right in the show notes. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm on those two platforms. Okay, amazing. Well, I can't thank you enough for your time. And I'm just so excited to 
continue hearing and witnessing your journey because I'm so, 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 so proud of you. And I just, I have no words. I'm so speechless on your transformation. So congratulations on putting all this amazing hard work into yourself and experiencing what you're experiencing right now. Yeah. Thank you. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Yeah. So good. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode today. I am so grateful to have you a part of this community. Not only that, you are a huge part of this movement that has begun in the ADHD space. And the fact that you're here means that you're open-minded enough to challenge the status quo and you are at the forefront of this movement with me. So I would be so appreciative if you could share this on social media and leave a five-star review. It will help us gain more momentum and we can collectively shift the dialogue about ADHD. Thanks so much and I'll see you next time.